Hello and welcome to another episode of Video Game Logic. Today's episode was recorded on February the 15th, 2022. I'm your host, Gaming Psychologist, and with me, as always, digging around the internet... Caffeine Rage. On today's episode, we will, of course, discuss some games that we've played. and talk about City Skylines Mod Chaos. Newegg will now accept open box returns, quote, no questions asked, end quote. Mario Kart 8 DLC courses will be playable online, even if you don't own them. Uh, we didn't have a community corner this week, but we will we'll just see community corner. And then, if time allows, which we think it will this week, we'll have a Steam Discovery queue. Timestamps between the show notes following their respective topics. Hello, Rage. Hello. How are you? Uh, doing all right. Well, that is all right. I think. I think that's all right. Sounds all right to me. I mean, we did technically have uh, Horse Girls uh, from uh, Jim. Uh, uh, Role-playing Red Dead Redemption uh, server. But do we need to get you salty about Red Dead Redemption again? Uh, Probably not. And Best Buy uh, doing some fuckery with the GPUs that I'm Missed that link, but I, I want to read into that one before talking about it. So we could do that one next week, especially with New Egg uh, as well. Do we need a second one? No, no, we don't. I just wanted to highlight that. Yes, we did see it. We'll talk about that later on, though. Yep. Companies, uh, they suck. Who mm-hmm. knew? We knew. Yeah. Woo. Woo. <laughs> Woo. Yes. The the most unenthusiastic woo we could muster. Woo. Oh. My brain is just like here. There. Not not all together tonight. I didn't have like That's a bad day. Now. Well, fair enough. I didn't have a bad day, but I'm it was busy enough and like I had enough going on. My brain is like, wait, what now? Feels kinda slightly hazy. But it's okay. Yeah. I'll manage. Uh, yeah, today definitely didn't feel like a Tuesday. If that makes any sense, right? <laughs> yeah. Today for me felt like a Thursday. Thursdays are usually my busiest days of the week. And today gave Thursday a run for its money. Because I, I don't do anything Thursday night. I have no tabletop stuff. We don't hang out. We don't record. So usually Thursday night I just kind of crash. But uh, it's Tuesday. Oh, it probably didn't help that you know, uh, had a, a bunch of housework to do, so it just was tiring. Right. Is that right? Yep, yep, yep. I haven't uh, been up to anything interesting lately either. No interesting stories, no weirdness, just kind of the normal, normal stuff, normal stupidity with certain people that I work with, and then... Normal client uh, interactions. Uh, uh, a certain Southern Bale. <laughs> I suppose that's one way to think about about her is as a Southern Bale or Southern uh, or Southern Dumbbell. Southern Hales Bales. <laughs> oh. Anyways, uh, yeah. 
So you wanna you wanna roll the dice? Wanna roll the dice, oh, there, buddy? I, I see what you did there. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Unfortunately, they're a little loaded. <laughs> well, why don't you tell us all about it in the game you played this week, Rage? So this is actually one I've been playing on and off for actually quite a while, and just never really felt like talking about it just yet. And honestly, I'm still early on in the content of it. Uh, Dicey Dungeons. I'm actually playing this over on the Switch. It was on sale for like two or three bucks. And it goes about that uh, cheap on PC as well. It's just, it's uh, really easy to pick up and play a game over there. So, right? Yeah. So the idea of Dicey's Dungeon, uh, Dicey Dungeons is that you play as a dice class. And it's framed as a game show run by Lady Luck, okay? And different people enter, to, enter the dungeons for different reasons. Like, the uh, one person never wants to sleep again so they could do, uh, uh, you know, get so much more work done uh, during the day. Uh, one just wants a monster truck, <laughs> right? I like that one. That's uh, one my wants, favorite. Uh, one wants a bunch of money, and uh, they get turned into different classes of dice. So, like, uh, I think the monster truck guy is the warrior. Uh, the the person that never wants to sleep again uh, turns into a robot. Uh, there's an inventor uh, that... Uh, what, there's uh, something that he wants that... Uh, all of them have, like, an end goal that they want. And they get turned into a dice, and if you're able to successfully navigate the dungeon, you get to spin the wheel, and uh, if you're lucky, keyword, if, uh, you get your uh, wish, and it comes true, you're never lucky. You always lose, and you have to run the dungeon again. And each class has six episodes. The furthest I've gotten is the robot, and all the different classes play very, very, very differently. So, this is a dice game, obviously. And each uh, class uh, has sort of end goals for how they play. So, warriors want to roll big and have uh, big attacks. Uh, The thief wants to uh, uh, actually have the exact opposite. Low numbers with a lot of combos and splitting of dice. The robot... Uh, technically doesn't roll dice. Uh, she, or sorry, he, uh, does, uh, uh, well, he rolls dice, but they go towards a CPU uh, counter. And if you go over that, let's say you roll two sixes and your uh, CPU is a 10 uh, limit, uh, the robot errors out and uh, causes most attacks to disappear and you have to end your turn. Uh, mm-hmm. There are some equipments that you could get that circumvents that, but yeah, right. Uh, the witch who 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 her big dream is to get a bunch of followers on Instagram, <laughs> and and it's you know, as very stereotypical like e girl, yeah, you know, uh, Instagram TikTok uh, person, right? Right. 
one of those, right? Talking is it about, literally uh, Instagram or is it uh, a? It, it, it's uh, it's de- it's uh, totally not Instagram. Instagram, right? Okay, I got you. And you know, uh, and talking about her essential oils and her crystals and that sort of thing. Uh, she gets four spell slots, and each roll of the dice unlocks a uh, spell that you can put in one of those slots. So each number uh, makes it so that is uh, 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 triggers a, a spell that you can put in the slot, or uh, actually utilizes the spell, which depending on the spell and the strength of the spell, could uh, have different restrictions to it. Like, it could require a certain, like, above a certain number, it might require odd or even, or it might need that exact number for particularly po- uh, powerful ones. Uh, there's the inventor that, uh, as after each battle, uh, you're compelled to break down a piece of equipment into a gadget that is a free-to-use, very powerful item, that's used for exactly one battle and then discarded and you t- and you take apart another piece of equipment to build another one and it's just a very interesting aesthetic to uh and game mechanics into this oddball dungeon crawler roguelite like i said yeah. all, all the classes play very differently i haven't actually beaten the game with all the classes yet on their introductory level and each episode introduces more things so like uh episode 2 or 3 for the warrior curses him so that every time you attack there's a 50% chance that it just does nothing uh but then the curse is lifted for that turn and you get it reapplied to you on the next turn. So it comes into, okay, so do I uh, risk uh, doing a small action uh, here or uh, trying uh, for something big? Or uh, if you have it where you're very close to killing something, do you risk it, right? Right. Uh, The robot has one where if they roll the same dice that they already have in their hand, uh, you're rolling individual dice for, for as the robot. Yeah, like if you have a two, if you roll again and you get another two, it just disappears and it still counts to your CPU. So it comes into more order of operations and also being careful with dice manipulation, which is mechanics, different things for different classes. So, you know, like uh, the thief will have uh, where they could split dice into like, uh, turn a six into like a four or two. And there's some randomness on what you get there where uh, it uh, just because it could uh, turn into a three and a three doesn't mean that it will. It could be a four and a two or a five and a one, that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, there's uh, the warrior that has uh, the opposite where uh, some of their abilities that they could get through, sh- uh, through chess that they found in the dungeon and that sort of thing. Uh, bumps dice up. Uh, the robot uh, doesn't really have those mechanics. Instead, uh, they, like I said, have the error-proof stuff where you know they'll have like a a single attack that is that will still be available even if they uh, trigger the error mechanic. And if you happen to uh, for this uh, robot, which what makes me 
what I find interesting about them is if you hit the CPU exactly, and there's some abilities that make it so it's a range, uh, you get essentially a, a limit break, which all the different classes have different limit breaks as well, where the warrior, I think, is uh, hits uh, uh, repeats the same action twice. So if you have this big, powerful attack and you hit your limit break, which is a toggle, by the way, it's not like Final Fantasy where you know you limit break and you suddenly flip out and you know you get Goku here. Uh, you trigger it and you have a particular effect. Uh, the robot will do an auto roller where it rolls to your CPU limit. Uh, and then you can heal, you can uh, throw a, a, a set, one last free dice, or you can do direct damage. And I know I'm all over the place, because this game is very chaotic at times. There is a method to the madness, and if uh, you stick with a class for long enough, you start to you know, pick up little tricks and uh, quirks about them. Yeah. I've really gotten nowhere with the witch so far, just because she's so different from all the other classes. And I find actually to be one of the more, more difficult ones. Her and the inventor are the two that I've played the least, just because the inventor is also very counterintuitive to how you'd normally play, where you want to build up equipment uh, you know, get a good uh, repertoire and maybe swap out for stuff because you could see the entire floor of the dungeon and you go through five different floors and do a boss battle. And I'm not sure if the boss battle is always the same. I know for the robot, the three uh, bosses I've fought with him so far or boss battles, it's been the same ones, but it's been, uh, it's uh, to throw you off your track as well because you're fighting a vampire and you have to replace one piece of one piece of your equipment with a wooden stake <laughs> and yeah you know, you're uh you have to hammer the point home uh to finish them off but uh, quite literally in that case <laughs> uh, that's cute i like that yeah there's a there's a very interesting sense of humor. It's very wacky. Like the weapon upgrade person is this little child who uh, <laughs> is just hammering away on a piece of uh, gear and just like, oh, it's uh, you. Uh, you're at it again, huh? Well, okay. Uh, what do you want upgraded? And the upgrades are free, or at least usually, depending on the rule set. And there's a lot of nuance as well. Like there's a particular enemy called the Alchemist who has an ability to turn into a bear. All right. But okay. the thief could steal that ability and turn, and turn into a bear for themselves for the entire run. <laughs> and it completely changes how they play as well. <laughs> uh, and also the thief could steal equipment occasionally, depending on the run and different you know, rule sets. Yeah. Uh, there's just a lot of content here for the price tag. Uh, this is also the same developer that did VVVVVVVV. So, yeah. And uh, Super Hexagon. I think you're familiar with Super Hexagon, at least. Yeah, and VVVVVVVV. So, yeah, a very strong pedigree for it. 
I would actually highly recommend this game for anybody that's interested in roguelites. It is on Game Pass as well. Uh, not sure how much longer it's going to be on Game Pass because it's been on there for a while and they are starting to cycle off older games for new stuff. Yeah. Uh, but definitely worth a try. Uh, probably my only real criticisms of it is one it is uh, yeah, very luck based, which can, you know, I mean, it's right in the title, Dice, right? Yeah. Uh, and I think that the dungeons are static for each episode. So if you're uh, running uh, the same thing or, or the same class and episode over and over again, you are going to hit the same things. But, you know, it also gives a, a chance to, you know, try different strategies. But there are variants as well where... Uh, there's like a trading post that will trade a, a piece of uh, a piece of gear for a different piece of gear, and that seems uh, a different uh, item every time. Uh, the level ups they're usually uh, static, but then you have some that are choice based, and you have enough enemies in the dungeon to hit max level. But sometimes you don't want to do that because the rule set might make it so that you actually lose health, <laughs> right? If you're max level? Uh, no, it, uh, there's a rule set for a couple of the classes uh, on one of the episodes where in, instead of gaining health when you level up, you lose health. Oh. And the health is also carried over between uh, fights until you level up, then it's reset. So it becomes a game of Okay, do I want to risk fighting this uh, enemy to uh, get to a chest that might have something in it? Or just go down a floor and uh, fight something uh, to uh, progress through the dungeon? And there's also one other class that I haven't unlocked yet. That I don't actually know the unlock uh, mechanic for it. And uh, there, even the Switch version has a save state unlocker. Or save uh, save state uh, changer, so you can go in and uh, if you're absolutely stuck on a particular episode, just say okay, I'm done, <laughs> and uh, set it to uh, uh, completed so you could uh, move on to something different, which is a yeah a nice little addition, especially for a roguelite, which can be extremely difficult. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, definitely worth checking out. Uh, I'm trying to find the historic low on here. I have, uh, sorry, I was just looking at a, the uh, the Dicey Dungeons Steam page. Mm -hmm. I've wanted to play this game for a while. Yeah, according to this, uh, it's actually dropped down to about 750 on Steam. Okay. And I think I picked it up for cheaper over on uh, on Switch. So that that's one of the few times that yeah, you know, it feels like you'll get a really good deal on Switch, huh? Yeah, I've I've wanted to play Dicey Dungeons for a while just because I think it looks really cute. Yeah, it's two ninety nine. Uh, well, uh, uh, during the new year, uh, it hit a historic low of two ninety nine. Yeah, and it seems like every time it's on sale, it goes lower. So maybe next time it'll be like free. <laughs> yeah, that. Uh... That would be nice. Okay, I'm joking on that one. I, I would say at least try it on on Game Pass if you have it. Yeah. Because it is, it's worth at least checking out, especially if you're a fan of the genre. 
because it does some weird, weird things with uh, the uh, uh, the mechanics. Yeah, and the and the fact that the uh, the classes are so different. I'm not. I cannot emphasize just how different the classes play. It's one of those that if you try to go into it with a different mindset than what the class really highlights, you're going to have a bad time, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, well worth checking out. Cool beans. I'll have to check it out on Game Pass before it goes away. Um, So my game this week, Unlimited. I've been playing this off and on for a bit with my kid. You bought it for me. Flash for us as a Christmas present with the intent that King and I would play it together. Yeah, I figured you would, so. And we, we have done so. Um, the uh, Typically how we play is that I can I can type way, way, way faster than him. And so he will use the mouse, which is um, more or less you point and click for your little guy to run to wherever you need to on the map and can interact with everything by clicking on it. So he'll point and click stuff and then I'll type and we'll each discuss like where to go and what to do. So Scribble Knots, for anyone who doesn't know, is is a series that's been around for a while. Um the original was that you were just like this kid who had a like a magic um notebook that whatever you quote unquote wrote in the notebook became real. Um and it it's a puzzle game that are fairly open-ended puzzles. Where that, um, you know, you, you would have to solve them to collect a star or a number of stars on in the puzzle by um, using your, you know, creative problem-solving skills uh, to do them. So let's say that there's um, a star that's on a, just like floating in midair, you know, as, as, it's just flat puzzle, star floating midair. You can choose to um, solve it in a number of ways. You could, for example, type in jetpack. And a little jetpack will spawn, and you put it on your dude, and you fly up and you grab the star. Or you could do airplane, and you, an airplane will spawn, and you get in your airplane, and you fly, and you collect the star. You could do ladder, um, and you know you might need multiple ladders, but you could stack them on top of each other and climb up to it. You could create like uh, a staircase and buildings, and you could climb up you know, staircases to the top of a building and then spawn another staircase and climb up and so on and so forth until you got the star. Um, you know, that there are a, a number of number of ways you could choose to solve the puzzle. The problem where that came in was, and, and I'm not sure, you know, how much of this was down to developers or how much of it came down to just, you know, you can solve a lot of problems with a jetpack. Because um, <laughs> the original few i'm not sure how many games exist in this series i know i've played three different ones prior to scribble unlimited but in anyways an, an issue that that came up was that a lot of puzzles could be solved with the same couple of solutions um and yes you could go back and you could be more creative but a lot of puzzles could be solved with you know jetpack and maybe like a gun or you know like a skeleton key to unlock all the doors um, but they were still fun, nonetheless. Uh, and as the game went on, the puzzles got more and more creative, more and more in depth. Um, the types of levels expanded. Uh, there might be, you know, combat levels now, or levels where you have to like. There's a rampaging, or not rampaging, but there's you know an, an unhappy creature, maybe like a grumpy lion who attacks people, and you have to solve the puzzle without killing the lion. 
you know, it's like, well, what would calm down a lion? And like, you could feed it, or you could like pet it, or you could give it like a lion friend. There are different ways to solve these puzzles. And oh yeah, let the lion fuck. That will calm it down. Well, I mean, it's a game for kids, so there's no fucking. But you know, little hearts appear above the head, so you know the the fucking is implied, right? But um, so anyways, yeah, you know, the game implied. <laughs> But as you know, as, as time went on, the puzzles developed, but they got a little bit more specific. Um, and ultimately, I think it served the game well. Well, Scribblenauts Unlimited introduces, I guess you could say, open world elements. Um, it's the first one that I have played that has got like a big overarching story. <clears throat> Your, you and your sister are the next in line of this family who gets the magic notebook that you can write in and, and, you know, things appear, but you're, you're kids and you didn't earn it. So you're a little prick and you like are going around pranking people because you're a piece of shit and you prank a wizard and the wizard Uh curses your sister. And now she's turning into a stone statue. And so you have to go around the world solving people's problems to get the magic stars in order to break the curse on your sister who has been, turned into a stone statue and yeah, i'm really one of that Oof. <laughs> yes um and so you go around and you collect the stars by solving the puzzles but it's got an open world element to it and you unlock more and more levels as you play so for example it starts out pretty pretty small you're on like a farm you're solving farm problems uh you know feed the animals help grow some crops Fix a fence, that kind of stuff. Then you unlock a city that has got multiple things inside of it. So there's the big overarching city, and there are you know little people walking around, and you can click on them to see what problems they have, and you can help solve their problems for stars. You can solve like big overworld problems. There's puzzle areas that you can enter. So for example, in the city level, you can go inside of a museum, and the museum has got a number of po- puzzles that you need to solve. And it's like, you know, complete the artwork. And uh, so... Okay, you know, I you, use Jetpack. <laughs> you, <laughs> oh, you can solve some of the problems with Jetpacks, but not the complete the artwork puzzle, at least. But, That's you know... That attitude. It's, it's really good and, and interesting, actually. And it's provided a lot of opportunities for me to talk to Keegan about different things. Because it's... So for this puzzle, for example, you have to complete the artwork by placing an object within the painting that matches the painting. And so there was uh, one that's themed around um, ancient Greece and one that was for Egypt and one that was a painting of the ocean. And we talked about, you know, well, what, what things do you know of that were great Greek? Like what can we type in that will get something that grows in or that goes in with the Greek painting? Um, and then for the ocean, I mean, that one's pretty easy. It's like fish, boats, whatever. But, you know, good opportunities for us to talk about things and for him to learn and improve his creative learning skills. Um, and that's pretty much how the game progresses. You collect more stars. You unlock new areas. Um, some of them, we're uh, we're maybe a quarter of the way through the game. We've got about three quarters of the map unlocked. It lets you get, you know, it, it, it opens itself up, itself up pretty quickly. I don't know how many stars you actually need to win, um, but it looks like that once you unlock everything, you win. Um, you you don't have to get all of the stars to win, so I'd imagine that you can go back and you know hundred percent it if you want to. But um, uh, 
some of the air types of areas that are there that we found so far are like there's a, a medieval themed castle that's got you know orcs and dragons and stuff. There's a restaurant that you have to go to. Use the jetpack. <laughs> we 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 did use the jetpack at the medieval castle because one of the challenges or you know one of the problems you had to solve was like oh no the goblin riders are attacking you have to stop them or help the knights stop them. And we crafted jetpack and gave it to a knight because the knight was like, I need something to help me run down these orcs. And we gave him a jetpack. And so he gets in his jetpack and he's flying around with his jetpack, jousting the, the orcs. <laughs> it's pretty neat. Um, so, you know, the game still keeps its creativity for what you can do to solve problems. Um, it's good. I really enjoy it. We have a good time just joking around and talking and trying to solve puzzles. And sometimes I'm surprised at what, you know, at what works to solve a puzzle. Um, you know, cause my kid will suggest some really weird random stuff. And number one, this stuff is in the game. And number two, like it, it actually works to solve the problem. And sometimes <laughs> my kid. Okay. So there was like a, a clown that was like a creepy, it was like a creepy clown and there was a kid that's like oh no the creepy clown is scaring me can you help me and the thing is like make the clown go away and he and and my kid goes i want a rocket launcher so we type (laughs) rocket launcher in and it spawns and he blows the clown up and the kid's like yay you made the creepy clown go away and then there's a bully later on it's like oh no this kid is bullying me can you help me my kid is like I, w- I want a rocket launcher. <laughs> I blew up the bully. And I'm like, okay, son. As much as we want to blow up bu- bullies, in real life, we can't do that. And he's like, I know, dad. <laughs> let, me ha- let, me, let me enjoy this. I'm like, okay, you can enjoy blowing up bullies in the game. That's fine. So, that's, that's my boy. <laughs> then he attached the jetpack to the bully. Turns yeah. out bullies don't uh, survive very long in space. Nope. So, yeah, Scribblenauts Unlimited. Really fun game. Continuing on sort of the idea of Scribblenauts and, you know, the weirdness that you can do with it. The fun ways that you can solve puzzles. And then giving it a little bit of an open world feel and a, uh, you know, a, a little bit of a linear story hook. It's really, really good. I, I've, I started a second game where I've been playing a little bit by myself. Um, cause you know, I like playing with my kid, but he's still quite young and, um, sometimes problems take a lot longer to solve than I would, you know, like to do. And that gets kind of frustrating for me, honestly. So I, I've started a second game where I'm playing by myself and trying to find different ways to solve problems. You can do some really like odd multi-step solutions. Like you can, this one allows you to add adjectives. I don't, this is, I don't know if this is new to this game in particular but it's definitely new since the you know the previous Scribblenauts game I had played, where you can add adjectives to things. So um, one of the things that you need to do on the barn level, for example, is you have to help a uh, a farmer win the vegetable growing contest, and you can do like different things to your vegetable. And like the easy way to make it win is to you know to make it a giant pumpkin by adding the adjective giant, and it grows you know really big on screen. But you can also make it shiny. Um, you can make it fancy. You can make it attractive. Uh, uh, so, so does the fancy one have a little top hat and a monocle? The fancy one. So, 
fancy for most things does one of two things. It either makes them like sparkly and reflective, or it gives them a, a top hat and a monocle. <laughs> it actually makes them fancy. Um, and, and it depends because if you click on an inanimate object to make it fancy, it usually makes it sparkly. But if you, if you give the fancy adjective to a person, if it's a guy, it gives them like a suit and a top hat, um, and a monocle or glasses. And if it's a, a, a gal, it gives them like a fancy dress and like, a top makes hat their and hair a like poofy <laughs> and a top hat and a monocle. Uh, no, it, it does not. Unfortunately, I wish it just, I wish fancy just gave stuff top hats and monocles. Like that's all it did. That would be great. But you know, you can make it attractive and it has like little hearts that pop up over its head and everyone's like, Ooh, in the crowd. And he, he wins. I'm like, Oh, they made it sexy. <laughs> but that that's a lot of fun. The, uh, the adjectives. So it is uh, quite, quite enjoyable. We have had a great time playing it. So thank you very much for that Christmas gift. We have enjoyed it quite a lot. I thought it'd be an interesting one. What can I say? Yeah. You thought you thought right. For once. But uh, but yeah, that's that's it for games we played this week. Ready to move on to do the news? Indeed. So there's been some chaos going on over at City Skylines, huh? In indeed. Um, yeah. So City Skylines mod chaos. Um. So yeah, tell is, us tell uh, us about th- this. Yeah, this is a this is a couple of uh, stories kind of mixed together because there was. Talks about this last week, I think. I, I saw something pop up about it, but there wasn't enough info. Yep. So I kind of skipped over it. Uh, essentially, a douche of a mod maker has been uh, posting forks of popular mods on the Steam uh, workshop for a while. And... Uh, the primary one has been a rema- or, uh, a redo of the Harmony mod, which is a script extender, if I recall correctly. And pretty much a requirement for you know, most of the big mods. Well, their version of Harmony would also make it so that certain other mods that he's also made forks for ha- would... Uh, air- uh, error out, and the big solution was, well, use uh, his version of them. Because, mm-hmm. right? And it seems that the, he was, it, well, one, targeting particular developers and uh, City Skylines users. I have no idea the reason, because there's none given on any of the articles I've seen. It's just, yeah, him being a dick. And two... Opening up the possibility of a backdoor attack. So the version of Harmony that he was releasing had a hidden auto-updater that would uh, pull stuff from GitHub, which is a big no-no in the terms of service for this new workshop and opens up a big vulnerability. And it kind of makes me a little nervous about just how crazy some of the mods can be on the Steam Workshop, huh? Yeah, and wait, you're saying going to GitHub is against the terms of service? Getting stuff from uh, GitHub? It, uh, the auto-updater uh, was a, a terms of service uh, violation. Oh, okay. 
Uh, and the fact that it was uh, targeting a GitHub is kind of beyond the point, it seems. Uh, or uh, that might be part of it as well. It, there's, Like I said, there's not a ton of info still on this. But one, yeah, this was a Game Club game, and I know at least a few in the community are, are or at least were pretty big City Skylines players. So this is kind of a... Uh, Public service announcement as well. Right. Uh, people have looked, and it seems like there's no key loggers or anything going on. Uh, it was you know, stopped before it got to that point. And that's the uh, going to be the first link in this. Uh, you know, uh, there was no actual malware. It was just opening up a vulnerability to do it later on, potentially. Or possibly create a botnet in D, uh, DDoS. There, yeah. There's, uh, there, yeah, there, there's been a lot of speculation because, you know, it kind of got, it, uh, yeah, the cover was blown before, you know, the big, uh, you know, in, in, invasion of the Ukraine, right? A, a little, uh, yeah. Little, uh, little political news there. Uh, I've been listening to a lot of NPR lately, and every <laughs> every day they talk about. Uh, yeah. The Ukraine. Yeah, my Facebook feed's popping up. Uh, well, uh, shame the president doesn't care that much about the southern border, huh? Yeah, I'm not gonna. <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna uh, dignify uh, that with a response. Heading uh, uh, a little too close to home on that one. Indeed. <laughs> I'm. I haven't, uh, I haven't even been on my Facebook in a few days, so I'm sure somebody. Or many somebodies on there have had many things to say. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but oh. I um saw on LGR's channel, I think it was last week. It's been oh, pretty the, recent. Oh the uh the expansion being a little lackluster. Yeah. And I hadn't thought about City Skylines in a while, you know. Like I mean uh, I've thought about it since our game club, but you know, and then like boom, two two things popping up. I mean, you know, one of them is seems like a, a lackluster uh, expansion, and then the other is potential, you know, pretty big vulnerabilities with a, a modder uh, going rogue. Yeah, I mean, uh, the the problem with City Skylines is, well, it's going the paradox bottle where you know it's a bunch of small expansions and DLC packs. But also, a, a fair number of the DLC packs have fallen essentially the same framework now. Yeah. Where uh, it's you uh, zone an area and uh, essentially create a mini supply chain in that area and either lure people or lure industry into that area to level it up and then you're done. I mean, I could think of, let's see, there's colleges that does it, there's the industry areas, there's the parks. That's all essentially the same uh, framework. And it sounds like uh, the airport DLC is doing the same thing. On top of a lot of aesthetic issues that you know, LGR had. Where, yeah. Yeah, you know, it just, it doesn't look nearly as good as any of the... Uh, you know, stock plop down air uh, airports, which is weird, right? But yeah, that is weird. But also, I think that's understandable. I mean, you know, visual taste is very subjective. Well, we just, uh, well, we just bring up things like, you know, having it where it looks like 
it's just a bunch of buildings connected by roads instead of an actual airport with covered tarmac. Uh, because you can't paint over uh, the area. Which I think is a legitimate you know, problem if it's, you know, right? Yeah, and, and I don't think he's wrong to complain. Like, don't, I, I'm not saying he can't complain, but. All right, come know. on, he's LGR. Of course he could complain. Right. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. thrift. Don't forget thrift. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes he does both at the same time. Uh, and, and wood panel. I love his wood panel stuff. Love a good wood panel, but yeah. And I mean, it's going, going back to, to earlier, like I, I don't, generally speaking, I would say that I, most people are not a problem, but whenever you have vulnerability like this, there's always going to be some asshole or some small group of assholes that are going to seek to exploit it. And with city skylines being a game that, I don't think it relies as much on its mods as some other games do. It's very, very, very uh, popular with I, modders and and the player base for how many mods exist for it. I would say that it's not as bad as the Elder Scrolls, but there are some mods that feels like practically required uh, to have, uh, say, Skylines uh, run in a decent degree, like some of the traffic managers and such. Yeah. Because there is a little bit of an issue with how it handles traffic, ironically enough, considering you know, uh, this is the same developers that did Cities in Motion. Yeah. Where uh, it just doesn't utilize roads like it should. And part of that is just because of how it models its traffic, where it goes from an A to B uh, uh, routing, and then it never deviates. Uh, and part of that's just because the engine can't really keep up with a ton of cars doing constant recalculations. So you'll have it where you'll have everybody want to go on the interstate to this particular exit. And because they want to get off at this exit, they'll go over to the slow lane and just stay there. So you'll have, you know, a a highway with one lane being used in a traffic jam. Yeah, miles long because, right? Yeah, I have a really big, you know, four or six or eight lane highway. Only one lane gets used. I remember that. Mm -hmm. I remember that problem because I didn't use as many mods when we did it for Game Club. I did a few. But. Yeah, which, uh, you know, uh, things like that does uh, lessen the degree. It, It can still happen. Uh, but there's things that, you know, it'll occasionally cause a car to recalculate its route. So if there's like a big traffic jam, I'll try to avoid it. Yep. Like a sensible, you know, person would, right? Yep. I had to, I had to try to avoid a traffic jam this morning on a slightly related, but mostly tangential note. There was a, uh, there were two wrecks when I was taking my kid to school this morning that I had to (laughs) route around. That's, that's it. There's no like major story. No like craziness or, as as far as I know, deaths or anything. Just like, oh hey, that car's in the ditch. And it looks like that truck is in the ditch too, probably because he was looking at the car who was in the ditch and he drove <laughs> off the road. Whoops. Like Yeah. Whoopsie. But okay. Yeah, I don't uh I don't know if I have anything else to add. Just a neat well, not neat, but uh, you know, uh, interesting I, little story. Yeah, I, yeah, kind of a 
uh, exposes a vulnerability really in the Steam Workshop as well, where yeah, you, know, you are putting a lot of trust in some of these people. Yeah. And uh, for games like RimWorld, where you know I have a ton of mods installed for for it because you know I, I need help and please stop. <laughs> <laughs> but it's you know kind of crazy, and we'll I'm sure we'll see more development on this one uh, in the coming uh, yeah months and years uh, because you know something that big it tends to cause uh, legal issues. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yep. You are, I think... Yeah, and, and, I'm pretty, and I think there's a sticky over on the City Skyline subreddit that highlights exactly what mods, but it's pretty much just a popular mod name, remaster, or redone, or whatever, uh, to... Uh, uh, that was uh, his version that was, you know, doing it and actually some of the mods are still up because you know steam is very sluggish when it comes to stuff like this yeah so Alrighty. uh uh time for somebody uh for another uh whoopsie <laughs> yeah uh new egg will now accept open box returns quote no questions asked end quote yeah this so, one is kind of gaming adjacent but it's also you know, a hardware r- retailer so right yeah so new egg has got a customer service problem and that they have really shitty customer service. Um, and, they, and they screwed over the wrong uh, uh, customer this time. They did. They managed to screw over a really big tech YouTuber or tech YouTube reviewer, um, Gamers Nexus, who I was slightly like, whenever we talked about this before recording, um, I had seen some of their stuff. So I'm kind of tangentially aware of them. And you said that you hadn't I, heard of them before. I, I don't. I honestly don't go out of my way for tech YouTube, so I wasn't aware of them. Yeah. Uh, but checked out their stuff uh, before, you know, really posting this and watching uh, some of their videos, and uh, actually really enjoy them tearing into uh, pre-builds, uh, pre-built systems. Yeah. Uh. Uh, a friend of mine is looking at buy, uh, uh, buying herself and her boyfriend a computer. And she was asking uh, some suggestions on uh, computers. And one of them that I saw pop up was this absolute choke of a $700 system on uh, Amazon. And when I was uh, looking at Gamers Nexus, Nexus I recognized uh, that computer. So th- that was kind of my litmus test for him. Yo. Know, uh, do, do they know their stuff? Because it was, uh, it was something like a decade old revision of a video card in it. Yeah, it, it, and they just tore into it. It was glorious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, talking about well, it has RGB, so you know it has that. Right. The 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 go faster lights. Mm-hmm. And they um, actually are doing some interesting stuff with the uh, Steam Deck. So the big thing is, uh, th- this is uh, an ongoing story uh, as of right now, but there's, and a lot of this is one-sided. We want to highlight this. We know most of the story from Gamer Nexus side, and we have essentially apology to JPEG and promise of changing policies from Newegg, which 
leads Cretans to what Gamer Nexus says. You know, actually happens, huh? Yep. Um, so, uh, so do you want me to go through it since I've watched the videos? Yeah, since you watched the videos and you, you walked me through it already, but go ahead okay. and, and walk us through it. Okay, so uh, I think it was uh, December or January, they bought a motherboard from Newegg, and Newegg has changed their website so that instead of having a big uh, you know, banner uh, badge on it saying open box, it's now you know this little tiny text under the uh, title that if you're not looking for it, could easily be overlooked. And they accidentally bought an open box motherboard. Well, this was for a, a, a build review that they were working on. And they were able to resolve whatever issue they needed while the motherboard was in shipment. And so as per Newegg's return policy, they were able to return it and actually never open the box. Supposedly, of course, right? Mm-hmm. Well, Newegg then rejects the re, uh, the uh, return and says that the pins on the, the on this Intel motherboard, which if you're familiar with Intel motherboards, these are the ones that are extremely delicate when it comes to the CPU socket because it has the actual pins on the motherboard and not the uh, chip. Uh, the pins were bent and that they would uh, not refund them the 500 some dollars. So they start going into, you know, an investigation on Newegg's customer service. And they reach out to uh, people on their Twitter and start uh, having a back and forth with Newegg over the course of January, uh, trying to figure out what's going on. And they just keep saying that the pins are bent. uh, This is a damaged board. And there's also, uh, and using the uh, quote, Thermal Pate, (laughs) P-A-T-E, on uh, the item that it's obviously been used, and they cannot refund it. Mind you, this is also an open box item, and And also, this is a motherboard. Thermal paste? Really? So, they broke this story a, a little under a week ago, talking about... Uh, they've been uh, trying to reach out to Newegg in uh, just this expose of what's happened and how Newegg has scammed them. Well, Newegg goes into full spin mode and trying to, you know, uh, beg forgiveness, realizing that instead of uh, Random Joe, they pissed off somebody with a million and a half followers on YouTube. (laughs) Right? Mm -hmm. Yep. They poked the wrong bear. They refund the money and say that, okay, well, you can have the motherboard back. We can't do anything with it. So on a follow-up video, they actually open up the box that they got. And it has a giant RMA sticker from Gigabyte, the manufacturer of the board, that the previous owner, which was Newegg, (laughs) uh, RMA'd uh, return uh, manufacturer authorization, uh, essentially a return a return of electronics to the manufacturer to be repaired. Newegg had uh, realized that this board was uh, damaged, returned it to Gigabyte. Gigabyte, and this is information that they got, uh, Gamers Nexus got from Gigabyte. They realized that this uh, board is beyond an easy repair and would require essentially 
a full replacement of either the socket or just a full replacement of the board, and they, they were going to charge Duag $100. Duag rejected this and said, okay, well, we'll just take the board back and t- take it as a loss and put it back on the shelf in the factory and sold it a few months later to Gamers Nexus. With the RMA sticker and information still on the motherboard. <laughs> yep. Oh. So now they're in California and uh, are going to meet with a representative from Newegg in the next few days uh, to uh, hash out and uh, have a, a sort of a, essentially an interview of what's going on. And this is not exactly an isolated case. There's been horror stories all over the internet about New Egg for the last several years. I'm actually a little shocked that it's taken this long. Uh, yeah. That, yeah. For them to you know, hit their own person, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. New Egg has had customer service issues for a long time. My So I, I went and I looked at my order history. So you and I, you know, we talked about this beforehand. Um, and the most recent purchase that I remembered was from 2017, where that I had ordered a monitor from them and they sent me the same brand and the same model, but it was a different like year of the model or, you know, it was like one sort of number off. Um, and the difference was that it, I wanted a monitor that had display port and this monitor that they sent me did not have display port. It was in the correct box but the monitor itself was the wrong monitor. So somebody pulled a switcheroo. Yeah, or, you know, some there was some kind of mistake made. I don't want to necessarily assume it was malicious, but something happened. And it took me a week of me being like, no, no, this is the monitor that I ordered, and I got the box that was right, but the monitor that's wrong. So, you know, fix it. And it, and it took me a week to get that fixed. Um... And it turns out I've bought one thing from them since, but I had forgotten about it. So it was just like a USB hub that they had like a really good deal on that I, and I wanted one. And that was like two years ago. I haven't ago. had a uh, issue with Newegg uh, customer service, but I also have been you know, avoiding them uh, more often than not. Uh, mostly just due to some of the stories, but also, you know, they haven't had very good deals compared to other things, you know? Yeah. You know, it's getting hard to compete with, like, honestly, Amazon and Walmart. <laughs> yeah. Which I know, I know, that's you know, not exactly a solution because, you know, it's... But Amazon ha- has had a history of really good customer support. Now, let's see. Uh, same price, door with horror stories. Door that actually has gone out of their way to help me uh, whenever I've had uh, issues with uh, stuff. Hmm, right? Yeah. The only problem I have with Amazon is that I can't use PayPal on Amazon. And I use, because I, I use PayPal for most mm. of my online purchases. Um, but that's, you know, that's not like the biggest issue. That just keeps me from impulse buying things a <laughs> lot. But, well, uh, one thing that's nice is I'm on the Amazon shopper panel. So, yeah, that's a little extra a month on there. Yeah. So, you know, knock 10 bucks off something uh, once a month, essentially. But it's just, yeah. Uh, we're getting to the point where uh, 
customer, you know, customers have a lot more power than what I think stores really realize these days. Uh, especially, you know, random Joe could have one hell of a Twitter following, right? Yeah. Uh, and the fact that, you know, it, it took them essentially creating a shitstorm for themselves. And this is not the only uh, New Egg shitstorm this week. This is just the one we're talking about. There are also rumors about them stiffing their uh, sponsorship deals, but that's a whole nother can of worms, right? Yeah. That, that, so I, I think kind of what we're, or what you're talking about here is something that a podcast I listen to calls the democratization of fame. That these random people, by having a good personality or being lucky or whatever, can amass these huge followers on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, you know, TikTok, uh, etc. Et you know, and more platforms out there exist that I'm aware of, and there are new ones all the time, right? And so the the odds get a lot higher. I mean, you know, they're they're not like crazy high, but they get higher that somebody that somebody gets screwed over you know, or that a company screws over is going to have enough of a following that they can create enough of a stink that at the very least some, you know, some small change or some token effort will be made. I don't, I, I, I'm, I guess sounding a little bit kind of dismissive of it, but I mean, I do think that that's a good thing. Anything that can hold companies to account is a good thing. We need a lot more regulation and enforcement of regulation of companies in the world. It's not just an American thing. America is very bad at it, but worldwide, we need a lot more policing of corporate entities. And if, you know, through the democratization of fame, if we can get enough people collectively putting their power and energy towards something to make positive changes for consumers... I think that's a good thing. And, you know, sort of the counter argument of like, oh, well, if they would just focus their efforts on this thing or that thing that would be, you know, more helpful or whatever. Like, yeah, sure, maybe. But, um, you know, any positive step is still a positive step. Yeah. And also, this is something that really gets me and pops up quite often on the local news stories here. Whenever uh, it's the government uh, talking about this. And yes, yes, I'm getting political, Ken. Uh, just because there's work on one particular thing doesn't mean that all work is laser-focused on this one issue. Right? Just because yeah. you're reading a story about something doesn't mean that all work everywhere else has ceased, right? Yep. A group can work on you know, making it so that you know, consumers have uh, rights and still, you know, have a different group working for, you know, the, uh, having the environment not be fucked up, right? Yeah. They aren't mutually exclusive. Yep. We are working on all things at once. And maybe, you know, if we could focus our efforts on two or three things, it'd get done faster. But that's not mm -hmm. how humans work. Mm -hmm. We all have different values, interests, talents. Um... Levels wait, of privilege wait, and power. Talents? Oh yeah, I have some some very good talents. Right, <laughs> but you know we we all have these things, but they're all different. Um, unfortunately, sometimes people 
work either against their own interests or against the interests of others. But, you know, that's the, uh, the blessing and the curse of humanity. Sometimes it, it happens in a way that's beautiful, and sometimes it happens in a way that's unfortunately terrible. And we don't get to choose what that is. We just have to hope for the best. But instances like these, I think, are good. I think it's good to see people, you know, get up in arms about something that's, you know, quote, unquote, a smaller thing. So, yeah, that's my that's that's my thing for. So it is now. funny to watch uh, do a uh, launch apology JPEG and I already have it undermined. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yep. Oh, but yeah. Okay. Um, you you ready to to go to the next one? The the last one for the week. A new uh, topic, guys. Yeah. yeah. How about some uh, something actually positive? <laughs> yeah. You you read this one. You go for it. So Mario Kart Eight DLC courses will be playable online, even if you don't own them. Yay. So we didn't. We're not going to talk about most of the entire thing, but uh, one of the big highlights outside of well, a new uh, character turn being turned into a horror <laughs> uh, item, right? Yeah. Uh, is the Mario Kart Eight getting DLC for the first time in what about a decade? <laughs> yeah. Uh, w- with. 48 new courses being added. And Nintendo being actually surprisingly uh, contemporary, not splitting their uh, player base by allowing online play on these new courses, even if you don't own the pass. So they're doing essentially a season pass uh, uh, thing where uh, the courses get released in waves starting actually next month. And uh, in packs of eight over the course of a year and a half ish, mm-hmm. and as they're released, they're also going to be entered into the pool of uh, available courses for online play. Well, they're not going to make it so that people that don't have this new season pass uh, are locked out of these new courses, which that's killed so many games over the years. Yeah, splitting your player base like that has killed a lot of games. I mean, I know Mario Kart is not exactly, you know, a very small community. It's actually a massive, massive, massive community. It's the, I don't think it's the top seller. I think it's uh, like two or three. Or it might be the top seller. I know it's up there. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure on that one. Now I need to check this one. Are they, do you know if they're actually 48 brand new tracks? Uh, or are okay, they. So- that these are re, uh, remasters and rehashes of previous tracks. Uh, yeah. From uh, actually, Mario Kart Eight Deluxe is the best-selling game for Switch. Okay, by actually a very large margin, <laughs> something like five million uh, uh, pl- uh, units sold to second place. Gotcha, and almost double of third place. I was gonna say though, I. I... I'm assuming, or you know, my my assumption was that they were remakes or remasters of of yeah, older yeah, tracks. Yeah, they, are, yeah, some of them are from the mobile game, which is interesting. Uh, basically, making it so that they're 
more proper titles or more proper tracks. Uh, and some of them are classics from like the N64 era. Uh, actually, they released a list of the first eight. They're going to be releasing them uh, in the different championships. And uh, they'll be releasing two at a time. So it's... Uh, now I'm trying to find... The, okay, so it's... Uh, Paris Promenade from uh, uh, Mario Kart Tour, the mobile game. Toad Circuit from uh, three, uh, the 3DS. Uh, Chocho Mountain from the N64. Tokyo Blur, also from Tour. Ninja Hideaway uh, from Tour. Sky Garden from uh, the GBA. Coconut Mall from uh, Mario Kart on the Wii. And uh, Shroom Ridge on the DS. I hated the Coconut Mall track. <laughs> I didn't like that one. It's too busy. Well, you get to hate it all over again if you play. Yay. I haven't played. I mean, I've put uh, Mario down, Kart 8 I've put down Mario Kart uh, 8 because I beat all the championships. And I never really did a lot of online play. Yeah, maybe I should have, but right. Yeah. So, but, I'm not yeah. a big Mario Kart person. I mean, I like to play it with the with the right group of people, but I just won't play it by myself. Like, it's not bad. It's just not the type of game that I enjoy playing on my own. You know, like Mario uh, Kart is great, but only when I play it with friends and or family. Yeah, uh, well, I do play with Anita and uh, whenever Braylon's over. So there is that. Yeah, uh, but it's eight courses over six waves for forty-eight uh, new uh, courses. So I just wanted to, yeah, uh, yeah. make sure I have my numbers right. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, Nintendo, n- n- Nintendo does what Nintendo, I guess. And sometimes they they do some bad things, and sometimes they do some stuff that really doesn't make any sense. But also, sometimes they do some things that are good. And it's good to see them be like, no, we're not going to split our community, even though Mario Mario Kart would probably survive if they did. Like, yeah, that's not doesn't seem like the type I mean, of game they, that they've would sold die. as of uh, December thirty first, twenty twenty one, forty three point three five million copies. Only forty three point three, right? Five million. Yeah, yeah. To put it into perspective, uh, Super Mario Odyssey is number six with twenty three point zero two. Or uh, what's some other good ones on the on the list? I mean, Mario Odyssey is yeah was sort of the launch darling. Um, yeah. Super Mario 3D All Stars was just over nine million. Although yeah, that's discontinued now. It's over nine million. Sorry, I couldn't resist. Uh, Pikmin 3 Deluxe just over two million at uh, thirty seven mil at uh, thirty seventh place. So yeah, definitely yeah, plenty of uh, yeah, copies sold overall, right? Yeah. Well, hey, good for them. <laughs> uh, actually, you know, good for them. Mario mm-hmm. Kart's fun. Okay. Yeah, you know, I, I'll probably be picking this up uh, when Wave One comes out, and we'll probably talk more about it. Uh, well, when those uh, courses hit after I played them for a bit. It'll be interesting to see how the bubble courses ch- uh, 
are translated because yeah, they are from everything that I've read online a lot more simplistic than their traditional courses because yeah, you have to deal with you know, mobile uh, microtransaction bullshit, right? And very simplified controls. If I recall correctly, that's the one that you just steer and you have no braking and right. I think that's what you said. I never played it. You played it and were like, this yeah. is not good. And I was like, okay, I guess I, I won't I, play I, it. I was just bored and frustrated with it because it was, yeah, microtransaction hell, gotcha mechanics. It had the system, or at least it did when I played it, where you'd have to get the same gotcha pull over and over again to unlock the character. You know, it did that fragment bullshit. Yeah. So uh, being able to you know actually see those tours uh, translated into a you know, possibly something good, right? Yeah, that would be. And there's also and there's also a precedent where they apply the well uh, Mario Kart 8's uh, big mechanic was anti gravity, uh, and they uh, some of the legacy courses on that has been remastered so that you know it that plays a part. So yeah, that'll be. It'll be interesting. Yeah. I have played Mario Kart 8 on the Wii U. The Switch, did they make big changes to it when it came to Switch? Uh, not not particularly. It was pretty much it, the Switch version was essentially the base game of the Wii U plus the DLC. Right. Okay. With, I think, uh, some extra Amiibo functionality, uh, but not a ton uh, for some costumes. But, yeah, it was basically, if you had it on Wii U and you didn't have it just collecting dust, there was little reason to pl- to pick it up until now. Yeah. Unless, yeah, you just didn't want to get the DLC, right? Yeah. Which the DLC, I think it was also adding uh, several championships. So, hmm. It's just really strange to see Nintendo go back uh, on the uh, on this. And also, uh, well, I talked about this before we started recording. I think this pretty much highlights that there's not going to be another Mario Kart until at least 2024 when this DLC package uh, ends. Yeah. And at that point, I don't see them releasing it on the Switch at all. They've already said that the Switch is in the midway of its life. At the at its midpoint, so yeah, so I add, assume add on, the 4K add on, switch will be the last switch. I'm not sure if they'll do a 4K switch, just because of the aesthetics of the games that played on it. You know, I thought that the Switch 4K had already been confirmed for late, like holiday this year. I could be mistaken on that. To the Google, uh, there's. Uh, developers are uh, making their games 4K compatible, but there's no hardware for it. So the Nintendo Switch developers say they have 4K dev kits. Um, 4K Switch model expected to arrive in 2022. This was from September 29th, 2021. It was a Polygon article. Mm-hmm. Um, looks like some developers had confirmed that they had gotten a 4K Switch dev kit to work on developing native 4K games for the Switch. I mean, the problem with 4K on the Switch is that the hardware is 
just, in my opinion, not there. They're going to have to do some serious revisions on it or have it where it's severely limited on frame rate, which, you know, there's, that's an issue with Switch games now. Yeah. I mean, the Switch games run better in handheld mode. I think all the time and in every game I've played runs well, better in handheld mode. Well, that's because it's, it's running the games at 720 yeah. instead of 1080 in handheld mode. Yeah, it's yeah a good uh, portion of less resolution, so they right. Yeah, and also it's a lot f- uh, frame rate to 30 there most of the time. Is there any games that do 60 uh, FPS in handheld? Not that I'm aware of. There there might be, but I, I don't know of any. Um, but I, I mean, I'm, I'm waiting for the 4k one and when the 4k one comes out, I'll probably upgrade to the OLED. <laughs> I'll buy a secondhand OLED because uh, for all of the reasons you just said, I don't actually want a 4k switch, but unless they do a, a major hardware revamp and up the power of it so that it can handle 4k, in which case I would get one, but I'm not interested in playing games at 4k. <laughs> If it's like, oh, it'll output 4K to your TV, but it'll run 1080p in handheld mode, and you know it's a more powerful switch, then that would make me happy because I would just use it in handheld mode. Yeah, it does but, look like that. There's uh, like Rocket League uh, runs at 60 FPS, but it's also running at a dynamic resolution as well. So that's how they're doing it. Yeah. Okay. So there are some that do 60 FPS, but they're having to do a dynamic resolution to make up for it. So, they 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 would have to put more power under the hood for it to, in my opinion, work as 4K. Yeah. Unless it's just in docked mode, and then it's pushing more power and just overclocking the system. But even then, that there's only so much you could do before you start hitting things like, yo, the Switch catching on fire! <laughs> right. What would be neat, and I don't think Nintendo would ever do this, but if they put secondary processing, like um, like an external GPU or something, in the dock um, that it switched over to when it was in docked mode. But, I mean, one, I don't see Nintendo doing that because it's, you know, a really complicated, expensive, you know, second piece of hardware mm-hmm. that if it gets lost or broken or whatever would be really hard to justify the cost in replacing it because the average consumer doesn't understand how expensive that is to do. And and two, it's just complicated. Nintendo tends to do things the simplest way possible, even if sometimes that's like way out there, you know, like I I just feel like that would be too complicated for them. And also compatibility. I mean, uh, would it be only, you know, this new 4K sw- uh, Switch Pro or you know, wh- whatever they would call it? Yeah. Or would it be any Switch that gets uh, in the Switch Pro is essentially a booster dock, which then you start hitting some, you know, just what does uh, the Switch put out through its uh, USB-C uh, port, right? Yeah. Good point. All good points. And Nintendo has been... uh uh many things but one of them is that they try to be as compatible with their current generation hardware as they can with uh other pieces of their hardware yeah oh and also you know very very confusing names so i just see the 3ds line of handhelds yeah (laughs) 3ds 2ds 3ds xl 2ds 3ds moussc 
<laughs> yeah, they do make a habit of having confusing names. They're not the only one, though. That's a pretty common industry trait. Xbox's naming scheme is is still baffling to me, but whatever works for them, I guess. I'm pretty sure Xbox just hits a random number generator. Yeah, and they can't make their minds up about which direction they want to go. Do we want more numbers? Do we want less numbers? Is, is bigger better? Lower? Who knows? I know. Let's make the next one look like a cheese grater. <laughs> right? Oh. And, and then, then make a refrigerator out of it that yeah, sucks. Oh. So yep. do we have anything more to comment about Nintendo? I don't think so. Do you have anything more to comment about Nintendo? Not at the moment. I'm sure I will later on, though. Right. Probably not today, though. Fair enough. All uh, right. Which does bring us to Community Corner, which we're kind of skipping this week, mostly because of New Egg, and we didn't want to dive into, or I didn't want to dive into another uh, controversy with Best Buy. Yeah. So... And I've wanted to research this a bit more and find out some more information about it, which I didn't get a chance to. I had a busy day, what can I say? It was laundry day. (laughs) Right. All right. Well, where can they send us stuff if they want to? Well, we'll do a big community uh, episode next week, most likely. Which you could, well, actually, it'll be uh, Game Club. So Game Club and uh, catch up on the community stuff next week. Uh, you can find you can send that to vglpodcast at gmail.com or drop by the Discord, which you can find a link to that over at vglpodcast.podbean.com. Sweet. So, for the first time in a while, you want to go do a discovery queue? Yeah, I'll let you doobly-doo. All right, doobly-doo on over to the discovery queue. So, come on. What, what did you get right away? Because you were prepared. Uh, Nebulous Fleet Command. Uh, Early Access uh, Space Fleet Warship Simulator. Okay. I mean, this looks really... uh, This looks uh, like early 2000s space sim. I'm Uh, very interested Uh, in this. (laughs) Did I just cost you money? You might have. Buying a house right now, though. I can't spend any money. I mean, I'm just looking at some of the, like, radar and simulation stuff uh, late, uh, further down the sc- uh, screen. And uh, the damage modeling. And it just feels like it, it, there's this... There was a slice of time in the early 2000s when space sims were really, really, really popular on PC. Uh, kind of kicked off with Freelancer. Uh, and uh, Wing Commander and the such. Yeah, late eight, 90s, early 2000s, I guess I should say. Uh, and this feels like it would be right at home with that, but you know, with m- hopefully some modern sensibilities. It is 20 bucks, and they are expecting to spend at least two years in early access. At least they're realistic about that. Yeah, not... We'll be out in three months. Yeah. Four years later. <laughs> And I mean, it looks promising. Yeah, it looks very promising. I am interested. I might be buying that, you know, in the early, early access stage. 
might uh, hit up the Discord and he- help out. Um, I got Monster Hunter Rise. Yeah, I very the... nearly picked that up when it was on Switch uh, or Switch exclusive. Yeah, uh, Monster Hunter Rise is the next in line for the Monster Hunter series, um, following after what was the previous Monster Hunter game? World. Monster Hunter World, yeah, and it follows the you know the similar sort of way that Monster Hunter World approached its open worldedness um, and its quest management and the multiplayer aspects, and has just added on to that in lots of, lots of new ways. Um, I think it's added new weapons and new creatures and some other new features. Um, from what I've heard, it's a good game. I haven't played it, and it's been out for a while now, so. Looks, did it just come to PC? It says its release date is January twelfth, twenty twenty two. But I know that it's been it was on Switch. It, it, it just came for to a PC. while. It was okay. on Switch for quite a while. Okay, yeah. So very good looking game. So I got diplomacy is not an option. Uh, a essentially mixture of city builder and or town builder and in tower defense where you build a feudal little kingdom and you're trying to hold off this massive massive horde of enemies uh sort of like uh an idea of uh, they were uh, there are billions uh, uh, only in you know medieval times right instead of you know post apocalyptic zombies i mean it the screenshots just show absolutely stupid numbers of enemy troops. And the idea is, you know, essentially try to hold them off. I mean, well, that sounds very, very, very cutesy uh, uh, and over the top. It is a little expensive for early access title. Uh, uh, it's getting into that kind of tough to justify $20 range without, you know, a lot of info about it. They do say that the game will be fully released this year, though, so this could be just uh, late testing. Yeah. With uh, the price to be increased later on. So, yeah. Uh, I've seen some info pop up about this on different uh, gaming sites uh, talking about it. So it looks like it's, you know, pretty well received, at least uh, uh, initially, I should say. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, this looks pretty cool. I'm I'm looking at it right now. Um, but my next one is God of War. Oh no, you mispronounced that. It's Dad of Boy. <laughs> Dad of Boy. Yes. Now I got God of War. Uh, Sony over the last few months has been adding, uh, you know, some of their their PlayStation exclusives to PC, and then some more, and then some more, and uh, God of War showed up it's the god of war remake remaster well not remaster remake spiritual successor weird side story i I, you know i I don't want to spoil too much i know quite a bit about about this game even though i haven't played it um because i'm i am a, a fan of the older god of war games i've played the original trilogy on playstation um i think that they're quite good uh, and this is a departure from the sort of more classic hack and slash gameplay of the original trilogy, but it's it's diving into a much deeper storytelling. Um, 
and expanding upon it and going to Norse mythology, which is very cool. I hope that the God of War series becomes Kratos just like going from religion to religion, like slaughtering all of their gods and religious figures. That would be super cool. I've seen that cartoon. (laughs) Right? Uh, You know what I'm talking about, right? Um... Yes, I'm drawing a blank right now, though, but I, I've, yeah, but anyways, so yes, God of War. Uh, now I'm trying to find the animation. Uh, there was only one god that he refused to kill. Do you remember that one? No, I don't remember that one. There was one god, Morgan Freeman. <laughs> uh, So I got another very retro feeling game. Uh, well, our sort of a modern take on uh, on this time in uh, NES era kind of action RPG game, uh, Infernanax. Sort of uh, a, essentially a spiritual prequel to the old Castlevania games, or in the line of the old Castlevania games, where it's an action platformer, high difficulty trying to unravel the mystery of this curse that's on uh, that's become uh, that's been put upon the land it has like i said this uh, aesthetic of old old school nes game but then it has the you know really nice cutscenes that you would have never seen the, in those days right yeah yeah Along with some moral choice and branching pathways and uh, multiple endings, supposedly. So, yeah. Yeah, so I got War Tales. I'm dropping a link right now. War Tales. Um, War Tales is an open-world RPG game that has got turn-based tactical battles. Um, Looks like it's uh, sort of a big sort of adventure style like treasure hunt where that you're a a mercenary band who's looking for riches and and trying to find hidden treasure um which i'm all about looks like you can manage your merc company and your soldiers and outfit them and level them up and they get skills and you get skills and i'm i love this sort of thing so if it's any any good I will definitely enjoy it. Uh, Looks like it released in December of last year. Right now it's 20% off. That's cool. Pretty expensive though. 35 bucks normally. Right now it's 28. So I guess they believe it's good too. So I picked up another very retro feeling early access game. After having to skip a couple of porn games because, right? Right. I haven't done... uh, Discovery queue in a while, so I guess they built up. So, Super Dungeon Maker. So, this is an action RPG, once again, mixed with a creation tool of making dungeons. So, you can either run the dungeons yourself, or create them and release them uh, for the community to deal with. That sounds neat. It doesn't have workshop support directly, so it must be uploading something different. It is early access, though, but... Uh... Doesn't look like there's loot creation in this. It must be handled by the game itself instead. 
Uh, oh, they're releasing it on the Switch, so they uh, they aren't going to have uh, the Steam Workshop directly. So it's going to be their own third-party uh, mod.io. Which, that's fine. That that makes it so they'll be compatible across both. I was looking into discussions, and I saw that one. Yeah, that makes sense. So, yeah, I mean... Uh, with a Switch port on this, that should have a pretty good community on it, most likely. And it, has, it looks like there's some really creative stuff that you can do with this, uh, just based off the few screenshots. It is early access, but it's also pretty cheap overall. And they're... looks like they're in final... Uh, essentially, build of it. Uh, doing uh, just... Feedback and final tweaks, they're expecting six months. But they make it sound like it's uh, yeah, a lot further along than you know, you know, what a lot of these early access pro- projects say whenever they say, oh, we'll be out in six months. Yeah. So what you've got? Yeah, so I got Lost Ark. Um, this is a, well, specifically the Lost Ark starter pack, but this is a free-to-play, um, Lost Ark, that is, free-to-play ARPG um that's i i don't know i've seen some stuff about this some friends in one of my in my D group or not my D group my tabletop group want to play it um because it's free and it would be something that we could play together if we have like an off night where we can't do tabletop stuff i don't typically traditionally like this type of game so i don't i don't know i mean since it's free i'm more likely to try it than if it costs money but, um, you know, it's an online ARPG-style game. Uh, I've seen it compared quite a bit to Diablo, um, but with, you know, some much more anime-esque tones um, where, you know, the breasts are, are exposed for your pleasure. Um, and, you know, Notice Me Senpai are present. So, mm-hmm. I don't this know. Like it's, it has some nasty reviews on Steam, though. Yeah, I'm, I'm noticing that. Um, uh, it looks like some people are less than impressed with its quests. Looks like, let's see, according to this, it says the game went from overwhelmingly positive to mixed reviews due to server issues and review bombing. At least that's according to this one person, Sweet Baby Tyler or Taylor, Sweet Baby Taylors. So I'm, uh, you know, uh, I like this review. It can be played with the keyboard and mouse as well as a USB credit card reader. <laughs> right i mean that's any just about any free-to-play game for mm. worse or for worse yeah oh that's some rough animation i'm watching one of the the trailers and it's like a horse is like running at you know a full tilt gallop and is like barely moving it looks really weird which uh one because there's like half a do- dozen different ones yeah it's the third trailer is the one that i'm looking at but yeah, I'll probably wind up being peer pressured into trying this at some point. So I guess I'll I'll talk about it whenever that happens. But not usually my type of game. But who knows? I've been you know proven wrong before and really enjoyed something I didn't think I would. So okay, so who's ready for some Lovecraftian French Revolution? Uh, I didn't know I was before you said that, but now I'm definitely ready for it. So Libre. Or Liberati, or I don't know the proper pronunciation of that. 
A story-driven, top-down, roguelike, set in an altered history, Lovecraftian version of the French Revolution. Okay. That's a hell of a sentence to start with, huh? That is a hell of a sentence to start with. So this is, looks like very Diablo-esque in its gameplay. Uh, Loop-focused, uh, well, technically not loop-focused because the it's using a card and deck system where uh, your abilities are tied to cards and with different mana usage or uh, skill point usages or whatever they're actually using on this. And you're dealing them out sort of like uh, Slay the Spire. Uh, only in an ARPG with proper boss fights. And I mean, this looks really interesting. Uh, what can I say, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, along with uh, looks like uh, an actual pretty decent story over uh, over all with multiple branching paths possible. And they are saying that there is a story mode. So those that just want to enjoy the story and not deal with the roguelike shenanigans uh, can do that, which fine, right? Yep. I will say that some games uh, do lose what uh, uh, their kind of attractiveness. Yeah, their their whole attraction is, you know, you know, uh, essentially uh, uh, for sadists, but right? Uh, it, there's nothing lost if they uh, actually build it for yeah, some sort of uh, story mode. So, right? Yeah. Okay. So here's here's what I got for the rest of my queue. I'm just gonna, gonna give you a quick rundown. I got two more Lost Ark starter packs. Um, I got uh... Diplomacy is not an option. Then I got Super Dungeon Maker. Then I got Liberté. Li- Liberté? Liberté? Whatever. And then I got generic, crappy 3D porn games for the rest of my, my queue. So that's that was my queue. How many games do you have left on your queue? Uh, I have three, not counting this one that I'm pasting in now. All right. I'm going to start another queue, and let's see if I get anything interesting out of this queue. So I got Not Tonight 2. Uh, essentially take uh, Papers, Please, but you're a bouncer uh, th- with uh, some political overtones as well on this. I mean, I wasn't a huge fan of Papers, Please, but it could be really an interesting secondary thing onto a, uh, a rather mundane task. So, all right. Yeah. Um, is it? Is that it? Is that what you're gonna say? Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I don't have a lot to say on this one, particularly because I didn't play the first one. Yeah. Uh, and looks like that's pretty much all they uh, developed was not tonight, not tonight too. Which, uh, I do have the first one on wish list, and it is actually pretty cheap right now. Hmm. Uh, interesting. So I got Motor Town behind the wheel. Uh, a quote relaxing open world driving game where that you can deliver cargo and drive passengers to earn enough money to buy race cars and parts. It looks cute. Uh, just a cute sort of blocky, voxely art style 
representation some some classic cars a chevelle uh some school buses trucks a buick regal um it looks cute and then i like cute fun driving games and i like to deliver cargo and passengers so this could be a lot of fun it's not too expensive it's 15 bucks um slightly out of impulse buy range currently it's an early access uh let's see plan to be yeah one to fin- two years I, I just finished my queue and there was absolutely nothing on it okay let's see lightning round porn game porn game uh uh i don't know what that is so we're gonna keep going well oh i just well i started another one because why the hell not hearts of iron expansion pack porn game Man, it's, it's been a while. Porn poor games are piling up on me. Porn game. Uh, obviously. Uh, right. Distant Worlds 2, uh, 4X uh, Space Strategy, uh, releasing next month with uh, lots of customization as well. So Nice. I had another porn game. Porn game. Ooh, wait. Ex- Space Engineers Expansion. Uh-oh. Warfare. $4. Hang on. Space Engineers Warfare 2. Uh, looks like they copied some of the most popular mod content around combat and are selling it. Increased guns, ammunition types, weapons, targeting and tracking systems. All of this stuff I've seen in mods. Uh, Added new camo, new paints, and rock, paper, scissors? (laughs) Okay, sure. Why not? Rock, paper, scissors. Well, it depends on uh, uh, who gets sent on the suicide mission. <laughs> Touche. So yeah, there you go. Space engineers. So I got above snakes. Okay. A isometric uh, survival crafting farming game. I mean, it looks interesting. Uh, releasing soon. There's not a lot of info about it. Uh, a roguelike long-term progression system with high replayability value. So, right, or at least according to them, with cooking, hunting, fishing, and more. It, 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 this feels almost like uh, there was a game that uh, released uh, in the 2000s. It's been uh, updated over the years called Unreal World where it's essentially a simulator of like uh, prehistoric times uh, with a bit of uh, fantasy thrown in uh, for good measure. It feels a bit like that only with a proper UI instead of it being all like pseudo text based and very rough uh, graphics. Oh god that this game feels racist as fuck. It's been a while since I've seen an outright racist game. Well, there you, there you go. I guess. Um, is this the same one, or is this a new one? This is a new one. Okay, so uh, I got one bef- before you go. Uh, Dial Town, the phone dating sim, where you play, you guessed it, phones. That's This game looks weird as hell, but maybe not in a good way? I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't even want to name this game because it just feels wow. Let's just put it this way. Uh, It talks about pigs roasted and you play as a black guy with a bunch of gold chains on. 
I mean, it's just damn, all right? I see. Ooh. The oh, I, 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 just, I, I just I just got the phone dating that sim. <laughs> oh, so this is called the Monster Breeder. Looks like it's in fan- medieval fantasy, like RPG game where you breed monsters uh, and make them fight each other. That's that seems to be it. It looks graphically speaking, it looks kind of atrocious, but gameplay wise, it could be really neat. 20 yeah, bucks. I'm, yeah, I'm looking at something real quick. Oh, that's a that's a racist game right there. Uh, it, does it have a shirtless black guy? It does. Uh, that's probably the one I saw. Probably. That's mm-hmm. Yep, racism. Ninety-eight cents. No, thank you. I do not want to contribute to your racism. All right, considering it's also on sale for one percent. Yeah. But hey, you can buy... how do you report a game for racism on Steam? <laughs> how do you, how do you do that? Oh, uh, I'm sure that the, it's something in the flagging. It has to be right. Flag. Report this product. Uh, all of them <laughs> contains. How about defamatory? This is racist. As fuck. As fuck. Report. Uh, you see why I didn't want to name it now, huh? Yeah. Oh, I got another porn game. Well, I got a dinosaur game. The breasts are very exposed for your pleasure in this porn game. Out of your a evolution ecosystem uh, survival game. Where you're a dinosaur trying to essentially survive, <laughs> uh, essentially Jurassic Park. It looks interesting. It is early access, and supposedly the game is very simplistic right now. I imagine your kid would uh, love it, especially if there was trains. Probably. And I got another porn game, although this one is emphasis on the game as opposed to the porn. Yeah, I've seen a couple of those pop up where it's, you know, actual game with porn in it instead of, you know, just, right? Yeah, that's uh, that's my cue again. Yeah, I'm right at the end of mine. Oh, oh there, there's another porn game. Horror game, meh, right? Yep. And, oh, hang on, give me just a moment on this one. Well, it doesn't have hits in it, but how about Mecha? Uh, I like Mecha. Well, what about the lack of Mecha tits? I mean, you know, it could be better. Uh, Nimbus Infinity. So this is the sequel to... Uh, Project Nimbus. Mm-hmm. A... Mecha action game set in a post-apocalyptic world, <laughs> right? Very fancy. I mean, it is early access. There's no reviews on this yet. It looks like it just released today. So, hmm, all right. Yep. I mean, it doesn't look bad. I mean, it looks very derivative. You know, Becca games, right? Yeah. I would say probably stick with its uh, well, predecessor for now, at least. Uh, it has some pretty good re- uh 
uh, reviews on it. And it looks, yeah, obviously a lot more finished. Because, right? Yeah. But that's also early access uh, title that just released versus game that's, yeah, seen its full release. And it's only 10 bucks there, so. Uh, but, yeah, uh, possibly one to keep an eye on. And that's my secondary queue done. Because, Wait. why the hell not? I wanted a secondary queue. Yep. All right. Yep. And, and we also have to pad out the lists again because, you know, we just reset the uh, discovery queue lists. So, yeah. Yeah. Need, and we need t- titles for them. Ooh, titles. All right. Hey, Rage. No titties because they're porn games. Right. The breasts cannot be exposed for our pleasure on our podcast. They can be exposed for our I- explicit pleasure because this is a vis- or an audio medium. Well, I wish you would put your shirt back on, because damn. <laughs> Never. You can't make me. But, um, yeah. Hey, Rage, why don't you uh, hit him with them socials? Oh, I've been Caffeine Rage. You can find me occasionally tweeting over at Gaming with CR, or if you wish to be my friend on Steam, you can find me Caffeine Rage. And you've been? Uh, me. I've been me. You, I don't know what to call anymore, because I'm going to stop plugging YouTube at this point. Uh... Yeah, I'm just Jared. You can find me on Twitter at JMA4707. Shit posting on Twitter. <laughs> Shit posting on Twitter. You can find me on our Discord. Um, if you go there, you can find me on Twitch, um, participating in, in streams over at twitch.tv slash runicarts, where I am a participant of multiple tabletop games at this point. Uh, I pay, play a horrible, horrible vampire man. Just, just horrible. And then I run a Battletech game that we have been playing. So, that's those are my things. That's where you can find me. Once again, you can find us over at vtlpodcast at, at gmail.com with your letters, voicemails, game-related topics. You tweet us, vtlpodcast. Or you can head over to our Podbeam, uh, vtlpodcast.podbeam.com which has links to everything, including the Discord. Or if you wish to spread the love, you can find us on your podcatcher of choice. Our lovely, lovely patrons have made this possible. You can find out more at patreon.com slash podcast. Our intro and outro music is on the ground, and our Discovery Cube music is back. As always, as his lovely music starts to roll across my voice. Bye-bye now. See you next time. Bye-bye.